With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Let's go! This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line, hanging out with you guys on a football Friday. Going three wide, as always, Femi Abebefe, alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino, and Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the league, former first-round pick, also a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes in the early 90s. And gentlemen, uh, how about uh, Thursday night football last night, huh? The, the Chicago Bears shocking the world, Ooh. shocking many people, winning outright as a six-point dog, 40-20, to 20, just running up and down this Washington Commanders offense. The Bears no longer winless here in this 2023 regular season. Did it shock you, Femi? It, it didn't shock me. Um, the manner of which they won did shock me. Like, not the fact that they won, yeah. but 40-20, to 20, that's, that's a little surprising. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, Fields played much better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he still has some touch issues here and there. I thought they called a better game for him, too. I mean, let's throw the ball on first down, run mm-hmm. on second down, mm-hmm. and they ran the ball effectively they between did. the tackles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big part of the first half. With no running backs. It, yeah, <laughs> they were able to run the ball yeah. uh, effectively between the tackles. And, um, you know, there's a little bit of hope now in Chicago. I know that's, uh, you know, that – the NFC is interesting because, you know, there's who the wild cards are going to be. I, I don't want to proclaim the Bears are now back in the hunt, but <laughs> but they looked competitive, at least that they can be competitive. Um, and they were they were dominant the first three quarters against Denver the week before. But the collapse again in the fourth yeah. quarter. And I mean, if he takes the field goal, they probably are have two wins now. And we're talking about two and three instead mm-hmm. of one and four. And it's a different ball game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're still a young enough team to be able to improve. I mean, I think from a betting standpoint, that's what I would look at. Uh, can Eberflus and that staff get this young group of players uh, to improve, you know, and, you know, you got Green Bay, that's a young team, too. And you got Minnesota in transition. Detroit looks pretty good. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Chicago's they, they still have time to get it, get it going uh, and, and to build up some confidence. Now, the other side of that, though, mm. is my goodness, Washington. I mean, Del Rio, if you've listened to me on these airwaves, I don't like the guy, <laughs> played against him, and he's a horrible coordinator, horrible. Uh, and it shows up. I, I think they're 29th or 30th in the league in terms of points allowed uh, as a defense. I mean, you said that uh, they called a good game, Chicago. Mm-hmm. 
we could have called that game <laughs> against that defense, right? I mean, that defense was so predictable and so too aggressive, really. I mean, corners and uh, zone uh, situations are going for interceptions. That's poor technique. That's bad coaching. Um, you playing cover two in the red zone. Who does that? <laughs> Who puts pressure on a safety and cover two in a red zone? It's not Tampa two. It's cover two, right? You don't have uh, the linebackers that Tampa had. You play uh, Tampa two. You don't have that, Del Rio. Why are you doing that? Uh, the double move stuff. I mean, all that stuff. It's like Fields and that offense, what they practice, the short practice that they had, the walkthroughs that they had uh, became true. And it was everything that they worked on prepara- uh, preparation-wise for that Washington defense. And, and that, to me, is, is just unacceptable. If, if, if you are evaluating the Washington coaching staff and the situation uh, with that team, it is unacceptable. I don't know how they change it. Let's, let's stay with there and mm-hmm. get your analysis on the other side of the ball with mm-hmm. your friend Eric Bieniemy. Yep. Um, you know, when you're down with, what, 17-0? Yeah. 27-3. 27-3. Yeah, you're kind of out of your game plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're hoping to play comp- complimentary football. You're mm-hmm. hoping to stick with your game plan. You're, ho- you're hoping to help out Sam Howell, who, by the way, looked scared last yeah. night. That was his first primetime game as a starter. And it's like he looks scared. And the Bears are a team that can't get to the quarterback. The least mm-hmm. sacks in the league last sure. year. They had the least through four weeks this year. Right. When, when you're watching that offense, and a lot of the stuff is built in in terms of uh, not hot routes, but just built in stuff. You can scat protection, you release five, which they did. Gibson just dropped the ball one time. But it's easy on a quarterback. He couldn't even recognize. And it was poorly disguised. I, I know they were talking about, I think Herb Street was talking about, oh, great disguise. I'm like, no, you can see the safety at nine yards. That means somebody's coming. The safety's not at nine yards, typically, or he's going to bail out. Uh, so you can see it coming. Um, it's just they weren't prepared for it, or, or Sam Howell just didn't recognize it, or offensively uh, they just weren't in their game plan. I mean, I, I would love to see Eric be able to run the ball and want to run the ball more. But at this point, with that defense allowing 30 points a game, whatever it is, you can't run the ball more. Yeah, that defense for the commanders, other than their week one win against the Cardinals, they've allowed 33, 37, 34, and now 40 in four consecutive <laughs> yeah. weeks here. Like, yeah. it's like, as a defensive coordinator, some people start to ask questions like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. like why are you here if this is what the output's going to be? And this is not a team that's devoid of talent. Like, they have four first round picks on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. And we saw Chase Young being disruptive right. last night. And it, it seems like he's sort of back from the knee issues. You have Jonathan Allen, you have Deron Payne, you have Montez Sweat. Right. And then you have like, the corners on the outside Emmanuel Forbes he's a first round pick like how much more talent do you need to get this thing up and right like this to me just feels like it's purely a schematic issue that's plaguing the Washington commanders when you are trying to jump a hitch route and it's a, just a possession route and instead of just come up and make a tackle what are they teaching you right they're not teaching anything um and and if you're going to be susceptible to double moves then obviously you're too aggressive I mean the route that uh, DJ ran <laughs> for that touchdown. That wasn't even a great route. <laughs> it really wasn't. He was just, uh, it was a trail. I don't know why he got into trail technique. I know there was a safety, but the safety was so far inside. But any move to the inside was going to influence that, right? And so all Justin Fields had to do was just throw it down the sideline. And I mean, it was just easy picking. It was like seven on seven in practice uh, for Justin Fields in that game last night. How about the, the third and two play when they're up? Prince is real fired up. The the third and two play late in the game with four minutes to go. I I mean, he pitches him the ball and there's nobody for 70 yards. There's nobody (laughs) for 70 yards. And 
I mean, I, I, it was it was just deplorable. It really was. It was it was not. You can't win. You can't even compete with that type of defense. And you can't say it was a short week for Washington. Del Rio has been around long enough to where he could add some type of game plan to kind of just keep everything in front of the guys. Like, don't don't be so aggressive. Make Justin Fields matriculate. Let's see if he has the patience. Let's see if he really is a, a true pocket passer. But they didn't even try to do that. They, they just opened up the door uh, of the buffet for Chicago in that offense. And they walked through it in eight. You mentioned Justin Fields last night in the postgame show on Amazon Prime. You said, quote, I think these past couple of weeks we found an identity in our offense. Is that what you see, Pritch, when you watch the past couple of weeks here for the Chicago Bears? Or was it maybe the competition that they were going up against? I think it's competition. Uh, but, you know, there's confidence there. And, and I, I can respect that from Justin Fields. But, I, I mean, your job as a defense coordinator is not to make him comfortable. Like, when they establish an identity – Everybody wants to establish an identity. That's our goal. But the, the job as a defense is not to allow that to happen. Uh, so what does Chicago want to do? They want to run the ball. They want to do play action, right? And that's majority of teams out there. Uh, they, they do not want to play drop back. They do not want to make Justin Fields a pocket passer and read defenses and all that. Well, as a coordinator, you're supposed to make them do that, right? Um, so... I thought Tampa did a good job of that when mm -hmm. they went to Tampa. They yep. made him complete, and he did he did it on one drive in the first set. First they made him the complete five or six throws to get to the end zone, right? Right. right. Make him be consistent and mm -hmm. have to do that, and that's sort of what their game plan was with him. Make him be good for a whole drive, right? and we don't think he can do that. Right. <laughs> he can't. I mean, if you talk to defense coordinators, I've talked to a ton of them, obviously, and the thing is, is you know, it's a guessing game a lot of times for the defense, and this helps you from a betting standpoint. But if we can disrupt an offense, if we can throw them off their timing, if we can throw them off a rhythm, you ever notice when a defense forces a field goal, they're celebrating? That's a win for a defense. Like when you are, you, as an offensive player, when you are kicking a field goal, you're minus four because you're supposed to score a touchdown every time you get the ball. Uh, so from a betting standpoint, I think about that all the time. Uh, that it's a win for a defense to force a field goal. So between the 20s, you guys can do whatever you want. But in the red zone, we're going to clamp down. We're going to take this away. We're going to hone in on tendencies. We're going to make things difficult uh, and force you to kick a field goal. Because if we got an offense that's humming, then, then we're going to win a game more times than not. I think it was Steve Young back when he was working at ESPN. He said this, I want to say like a decade ago or so. He said, as an offense, every time that we kicked a field goal, we were that much closer to losing the game. Right. Like he said, like it's almost like it's like that much of a detriment. Like you mentioned, the minus four is mm -hmm. the mentality. It's not the plus three. It's right. we actually lost the opportunity to go ahead and get a touchdown. On the Bears note, though, here you mentioned from a betting side of things, the Bears have gone over in five of their games here this season. Is this just going to be the thing? Like I, their game next week against Minnesota is right now. It's at 48 and a half, 49 in some spots here. If the offense starts to find this identity and starts to hum, we know that defensively they're susceptible to big plays. We saw that even last night in Washington struggles. Mm -hmm. Do we just kind of go and back these Bears overs until the wheels fall off? Because so far it's been you're living on an island if you've been doing it since week one. And they bet the under last night again, right? I mean, yeah. I was so so. It, this touched seven at circa on Monday wow. night, and got the five and a half yesterday afternoon. Closed six. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was waiting to see the matrix when it comes out after kickoff, I said, "Well, I mean, obviously we're going to want the Bears to win the game. I think that's going to. Mm -hmm. But we would have been real good if the Bears just would have covered. It, like Washington by five or less was also a good result. But the perfect was Bears winning over. So we hit we hit the we hit <laughs> the bullseye. Yeah, yeah, we hit the bullseye there. Yeah, what's going to help the Bears defense? I, I think Eberflus, his trademark is trying to get the ball. 
right? They, they want to tackle the ball. They want to strip it. They did that last night. Uh, and, and so if the young players understand that more and they can generate more turnovers, maybe they'll get more stops, but they're still susceptible to giving up a lot of points too. Yeah, it's, it's a team that I think... Against great right. offenses. Yeah, against yeah. great offenses, right. yeah. And, and like Fields, like once he kind of plays from behind, it's they start doing all sorts of loosey-goosey mm-hmm. stuff and the, the turnovers. So it's like you're either going to get a turnover or maybe it's a big play. So this team feels like an over team for me here. But the Washington Commanders, the schedule that they have coming up next, they're at Atlanta next week at the Giants. If they can't at least go one and one in that stretch, I, we might be looking at a new head coach in our nation's capital. I, I think this could be Rivera, who's squarely now on the hot seat. Three straight losses after starting the year 2-0. and All that good vibe and good energy with Josh Harris, the new ownership that's there. Uh, I think the fan base wants a little bit more here from uh, the head coach of the Washington Commanders. We'll continue to break this down and break down the other games on this week five slate. Just getting warmed up here on the Lombardi Live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe on VSN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today for only $19 for your first month at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line hanging out with you guys on a football Friday. Femi and Bebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here from the Circa Resort and Casino. We do have two guests that will be joining us on the show, by the way, coming up in 15 minutes. Randy Mueller, former general manager in the NFL. He will be joining us as we break down all things NFL, looking ahead to this week five Sunday slate. Then at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific, Barrett Salee, college football writer over at CBS Sports, will give us the college football landscape as uh, the college football season starting to heat up here just a little bit here as we're turning the calendar to the month of October. Red River is this week and my favorite rivalry in all of college sports that doesn't involve a team that I root for. Uh, yeah. It is. Yeah. Apple Cup it's, is obviously number one for me, but Red River's number in two. In all of sports. Bigger uh, than any no, college, college sports. College, in college sports, any, yeah. Bigger big, than any big, college, than Duke, Duke Carolina. <laughs> I love Red River is on my bucket list. For, if I could go to any college event, because I've been to many. You just want to go to the fair. That's all. You, you want to go to Texas State. Maybe I want to go to the State Fair of Texas. I think the pageantry is cool. You get the burn orange. You get the. I think it's a cool kind of situation there that they got at Red River, and it's a heated rivalry. A lot of somebody asked me. I think it was the guys from Iowa. Like, you know, it's a 9 a.m. Pacific every year. Do you really, do people care out there? I go, it's, it is oh, yeah. massive. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That is always the feature game in the morning. And you got red, you got orange, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're here and they're, mm-hmm. it's their life. It's and, that game. And it's in the Cotton Bowl and it should stay in the Cotton Bowl forever. I know I'm sure Jerry Jones would love it to be at AT&T <laughs> Stadium and all that stuff. But like, they got to keep it in the Cotton Bowl down there in Dallas because that's how it was meant to be. But uh, before we continue okay. on, we wanted to do touch on the news that we got yesterday. The tragic news, obviously, uh, the passing of... Former NFL Hall of Famer Dick Butkus, the legend for the Chicago Bears, passed away at the age of 80. Mike, I know you were in Illinois this past week mm. here with the Circus Sports launch over there in the state of Illinois. I'm sure a lot of people uh, sad with the news that we got yesterday here. Dick Butkus passing away at the age of 80. Yeah, you got a lot of great retrospectives on the news uh, last night and then real early this morning before we left uh, on Butkus. Um, all those old NFL films right. and, and mm-hmm. his opponents talking about him. Um, very impressive. I, I, I was kept thinking about our friend Michael Lombardi, who the show is named for in his mm-hmm. book. And when he talked about George Hallis, he talked about George Hallis had a systematic draft philosophy. Right. And so the 1965 NFL draft, Pritch. Uh, what, 25 years before, before, were you 90? No, I was 91. 91, yeah, okay. Yep, yep. The Giants had the first pick. They took Tucker Fredrickson, a running back from Auburn. Okay. 49ers had the second pick, Ken Willard, fullback from North Carolina. The Bears had three and four mm. and went Butkus Sayers. Right. Damn. Now, I, I never, <laughs> I don't remember Gail Sayers. I could only watch film, but my dad, who's a diehard Bear fan, and of course, Walter Payton, well, yeah. said, Still to this day, Gail Sears was the greatest running back of all time, but obviously tore his knee up, the Kansas Comet. Um, so th- that's something. Some other notables in that draft. Fifth was the Cowboys who drafted Craig Morton, who became their quarterback yeah. from yeah. Cal. St. Louis Cardinals drafted Joe Namath 12th. Wow. The Lions drafted Fred Bolitnikoff 39th. Wow. And um, 49th, the Baltimore Colts drafted a linebacker from Pittsburgh, Marty Schottenheimer. Mm-hmm. So just some interesting, heavy hitters. some interesting names from that draft. But you yeah. talk about how, how, how do you hit a draft any better than that? But Sayers. You don't. <laughs> you don't. You get it right. Yeah. They got it right. Uh, I mean... Dick Buck is, and so I took a trip to Illinois, one of my three trips as, as a college player, well, high school player at the time. So you're talking about mid to late 80s, uh, and you can still feel the presence of Dick Buck is on that campus and uh, the pride there. But no, as a player, um, he motivated so many people. Uh, he intimidated a lot of more people, oh, yeah. uh, but just an incredible player. But then also, 
what he's done for the league, like gridiron greats, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, uh, you know, when you think about Mike Ditka too. And, and so uh, he, he just gives, he gave everything towards this game because the game gave him so much, but he gave everything to the game. Uh, and, and certainly, um, uh, you know, we know it's inevitable. These moments are going to happen, but uh, to pay tribute to, to one of the greats is, is something we should do. And a lot of people should do. Yeah, the Bears chairman, George H. McCaskey, said in a statement that Dick was the ultimate bear and one of the greatest players in NFL history. He passed away in his sleep couple nights ago in Malibu and I, I for me like obviously like I was born in 1990 so like I didn't see Dick Buckus ever play but I, I've seen the NFL film yeah you were born in 1990 Buck- bro good I, lord hey, <laughs> turn, turn, turn 33 this past July wow okay. wow <laughs> but I, I think just from seeing the NFL films are you doing the math over here in my phone? <laughs> What's it's going your on? Jesus here you gotta get through 33 we got to it oh, like, this guy was born in 1990 <laughs> I can't believe that. I know. Hopefully, and Mel Kiper was talking about me in 1990. <laughs> 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 hey, we're, we're hitting all age, age ranges here on the Lombardi line. But I think just like Dick Buckus was like, at least growing up and seeing those NFL films, like the Steve Sable, yeah. like the films that they had and all that stuff. It's like he was like the epitome of the monsters of the midway, you know, because like, like later on, then you get like Mike Singletary and all those guys. But like that middle linebacker position there for the Chicago Bears, it's like a legacy position. And it starts yeah. with Dick Buckus, at yeah. least from what I remember and being able to consume as a fan and a, and a historian of the league, going back and seeing a lot of those old clips and stuff. And it's it's it's. It's cool that he gets to see or gets like the flowers now when like he passes mm-hmm. away to be like, okay, everybody gets to remember him mm-hmm. and all that stuff because he truly is one of the pillars of the league and one of the pillars of one of the more famous franchises in the Chicago Bears. So it was uh, fun to at least be able to get to honor Dick Buckus they're passing away at the age of eight. Also a pretty good comedic actor. I mean, he yes. carved out a little acting yeah. career there yeah. later. I, it's If you go back and listen to these guys talk about everything he did to get an advantage, mm-hmm. intimidating the young, spitting mm-hmm. on the center yeah. to make the ball wet. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, you know, he was the, the, a very good defensive captain too. Mm-hmm. Red, red offenses anticipated, but you know, the, the defensive signal caller can't say hut. Right. And he would come and he would hut, hut. And then yeah. the refs would warn him. He'd do it again. They'd say, Dick, next time. He goes, well, that's my linebacker signal. Yeah. So, Come on. Hey, that's not your every advantage you would try to get. Yeah. So many people will have insight on him. to be yeah. the same yeah. cadence. Yeah. Right. So many, people, so many people will have insight on him. But one of the things that stood out uh, was his technique in terms no. of uh, how he wanted to tackle. Like, I don't know if you guys heard he this. Was, he, he was always a guy, you know, you think about tackling right now. But he was, he was a guy that would tackle you high. And, and and throw you back and yeah. catch you and throw you back. He was like a clothesline tackler. Guy. Right. Yeah. But because he was his thought process. Yeah. And I, I heard this. Yeah. Uh, somebody interviewed him and they yeah. talked about it. And, and it talked about how a ball carrier, your reaction is to try to put your hand down to brace a fall. Yeah. But if you're in a brace or a bear hug, yeah. you're, how are you going to hold on to the rock, too? So um, it was fascinating because I never thought a linebacker thought that way. But he was a former running back. Uh, and he thought the way of a running back and what made him uncomfortable. So that he transferred that to playing linebacker uh, and the rest is history. I think he had the second most forced fumbles in the history. You know, to your he, point about yeah. that. Yeah, I, I just, heard this. I mean, I was mm-hmm. fascinated because mm-hmm. I had never heard that, uh, uh, you know, somebody describe their thought process as a tackler and what that would do. Because I'm a ball carrier, right? And yeah. I'm like, you know, what? I don't be bear hugged. Like if you go after my legs, I can stiff arm mm-hmm. you. I could do stuff mm-hmm. and, and keep you off of me. But if I get bear hugged, I can't do anything. And then if you slam me to the ground, then I'm really mad, right? Uh, and he did that uh, to a lot of people, obviously. 
Michael Lombardi obviously is off today, but he will be back on the show tomorrow. And I can't wait to hear his stories about Dick Butkus because we've had conversations about him just organically. Because mm-hmm. Michael always talks about how people will t- discuss the players of yesteryear. It's like, oh, they wouldn't be able to play in today's game. They wouldn't be able to hang with today's athletes. And Michael, he told me, he said, you know who Dick Butkus would be if he played today? He would be Michael Parsons. Mm-hmm. He would be like that fifth rusher kind of going in and like going against those guards on the interior and all that stuff. And it's like, it kind of goes back and shows you that some of those guys from the yesteryears it's like yeah like times were different and like the everything now is bigger faster stronger but a lot of those guys it's it's they're timeless mm-hmm. and they would be able to transition into any sort of era of the national football league and i think dick buckus is definitely one of them so we'll see dick buckus passes away at the age of 80 here and uh, i'm sure the bears will have something special where they have their home game will be next sunday against the minnesota vikings i'm sure they'll have a, a moment of silence and maybe we'll get some patches or something mm-hmm. on the helmet decals to honor dick puck is here but uh once again on the other side we will have randy mueller joining us here former general manager in the nfl well uh, maybe we'll get randy's thoughts here on dick buckus and any stories that he might have but we'll get his thoughts on this upcoming slate in the nfl barrett slee will be joining us at 2 30 eastern 11 30 pacific to give us his college football slates as uh, college football thoughts i should say um from barrett slee on this slate but uh before we head to break here uh what game are you guys in the nfl most perplexed by when perplexed? you look at the line when you what, mm. the game that you're perplexed by that you want answers on that right now it's kind of giving you a little bit of trouble ravens ravens Steelers. playing four and a half against a rivalry game i mean a divisional game i mean that, that's that's normally a tighter matchup i know there's an injury to a quarterback and pick it but uh and offensively the pittsburgh Steelers stink <laughs> but there's some about rivalry games though right i mean we saw that with csu and cu i mean that's college i get it but same thing uh in the pros rivalry games are just a different animal packers raiders packers raiders packers raiders on monday night is jimmy still in the protocol i think yeah, he still is he is Maybe it'll be another start for Aiden O'Connell. Randy Mueller joins us next here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. Looking to be a better better? Of course you are. And tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice, R-E-E-L. In the App Store, Juice Reel is not a sports book. It's a tool to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one app, loads all of your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly $1 billion in bets from sports bettors in all 50 states. Use that data to follow the winners and fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's juice like orange juice. Real R E E L. It's absolutely free. Download Juice Reel to your iPhone or Android device today and become a better better. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line hanging out here on a football Friday. Mike Pritchard on the far end, Mike Palm here in the middle, Femi Abebefe here on the left side of your screen. And joining us now to talk all things NFL, former NFL general manager was executive of the year in 2000 now has a football GM podcast over at the athletic. It's the one and only Randy Mueller joining us on the Lombardi line. Randy, before we get into all of the games here on this week five slate, I wanted to ask you about Dick Buckus because we had the conversation in the last segment, remembering Dick Buckus who passed away the bears legend at the age of 80 yesterday. And in the league, when guys like this, I feel like the stories are just so many, anything that you'd like to share here, any words um, on the passing of Dick Buckus who passed away yesterday? Well, I think the big takeaway is the fact that Dick Butkus was an icon in the game for those in the game. And he's one of the few guys who, and I've heard this from many coaches, from old-time players, 
who could put fear into the opponent. And these guys that play this game, and, and Mike can tell you, there's very few players you fear for, for physicality on the other side of the ball. This was one. And this guy is a, is a true caricature in that he did things that we didn't see done at the times he did it. And then he even became a bigger and, and uh, a, a bigger icon once he got out of the game. So one of the all-time great defenders, he would definitely fall in that category of the Hall of Fame being good and great. He is a great player, and it's a tough loss for all of us in the NFL. Yeah, well said there, Randy, and great to talk to you again. Um, I got a question in regards to this game uh, across the pond, as they like to say, with Buffalo traveling. Uh, Jacksonville has stayed over. Uh, overseas, yep. you know, the logistics of all this, uh, it, does Jacksonville, I mean, it's been a tough matchup uh, the last few years between Jacksonville and Buffalo. Uh, and we're looking at a number, it's minus five and a half. Uh, you can find a, um, yeah, minus five and a half across the board, what I'm looking at. So Randy, the logistics of this matchup, I mean, is there an advantage for Jacksonville having stayed over in Buffalo uh, trying to acclimate uh, as they travel? I think it's a great point and one of my games of the week because of that, Mike. As you know, the NFL has staged games internationally many times, but they've never had a team stay over to play two in a row. Obviously, they are greasing the skids for someday having a team, I think, in London. And I think it is a giant advantage for Jacksonville. I think they've been there all week. They're the most comfortable team. And having taken teams over there in my history, it is a thing to travel. It's a different thing when you wake up the next morning and your plane is landing and you've got time change and all kinds of extremities and disruptions to your, you know, weekly flow. As you know, guys become creatures of habit and get into their weekly flows fairly easy. Now, Jacksonville has been able to establish one. I think we'll see a different team because of it on the field. And I'm with you. They're given five and a half points. I'm getting five and a half points. That would be hard for me to turn my back on. I think the Jaguars in this case are going to be at a little different level with their legs with their energy level, with their effort and everything else. And, and I think it'll stand to show on the field. Randy, the Colts host, host the Titans this week. Jonathan Taylor is going to stay with the franchise. I want to ask you more of a, a macro question about when there's tumultuous off seasons and then a player is retained, the effect that that may have on a locker room and on a franchise. And we think about Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. I was convinced he wouldn't be back when he didn't travel to the playoff game and, and, and then the, you know, the market wasn't there for him and he stayed. And now Jonathan Taylor, is there any negative lingering effect on a locker room in those situations? Oh, I think there can be. I think it's one that needs full management uh, of the situation. I think in, in Indy, Chris Ballard has tried to do that. I think you saw early on in this saga with his frustrations, he is in Chris Ballard, the way it came out, that he was frustrated with a lot of things because it just didn't make sense to him. The holdout didn't make sense. He knew he wasn't going to be able to pay him. So I think there is lingering effects. And I think at some point you have to decide, is this guy going to be part of the solution or, or do we need to move on? And I don't know where Jonathan Taylor's mindset is, but yes, it can, it can linger in your locker room. I don't think you want that. And I think at some point they're going to probably have to decide, are we willing to pay a back in this system 12, 14 million a year? That's probably as big a question philosophically as it is uh, anything to do with Jonathan Taylor. So I'm not sure the Colts will ever commit to that in the system that they run. Obviously he would be a big help to, uh, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback. I don't know how much they will get out of him or when he will actually play, but there seems to be more questions than answers for me, even as a former GM in this stage. I think 
in general, general managers get labeled as guys who sit in rooms and pick teams and pick players. That's not the case. You have to manage people. You have to have people skills. You have to have problem-solving skills just as much as you have to be able to see talent. And so this is one of those situations where it's not in the GM notebook to manage this kind of stuff, but Chris Ballard's had to do it. We're speaking with Randy Mueller, former NFL executive of the year here on the Lombardi line. Well, Randy, let's talk about managing a player and managing talent and turn it over to Chase Claypool, who the Bears just traded to the Miami Dolphins. And this is a player in Claypool who Pittsburgh couldn't wait to get rid of him. They got a second round pick for it. Chicago definitely couldn't wait to get rid of him having that pit swap uh, earlier this morning with the Miami Dolphins. If you're Miami, how do you go about implementing a guy like Chase Claypool who feels like he might be on his last chance in the NFL? Well, I think that's part of the risk-reward, right? I think you, you hit it on the head. He, he probably is on his third strike. It didn't work in Pittsburgh. It hasn't worked in Chicago. But I think we have reasons to think that maybe there is a chance in, in a different environment with a different scheme. It was said that he was struggling with the way he was being used in Chicago and questioning all kinds of offensive strategies. That, boy, that, that's a shocker, right? We haven't talked about that much when, when it comes to the Bears. So I think going to Miami – he has a different locker room, a different head coach, a little different level of offensive IQ. So I think it's actually a good move. They gave up next to nothing to get him, right? We can talk about it being a trade. It was for a Starbucks card. That's really what it was. <laughs> so there, there's really no risk. There's no risk. So he goes there and they already have Jalen Waddle. They already have Tyreek Hill. They already have Braxton Berrios. He's probably an upgrade over Robbie Chosen, Sed Wilson, all the other backups. So I think it's great insurance for Miami. I think he will fit in. And I think he has to fit in because his career is at stake. He's on strike number three. So he has to do everything right for the team. And they really, he's playing for his career. So I like it. I think it's a good move for Miami. I struggle with, with what Chicago is doing. You know, they gave up really a second round pick to get him. They ended up being the 32nd pick in the draft. So you can debate that one until you're blue in the face. But I do like this move for Miami for sure. All right, Randy. Uh, we have teams that kind of got out the gate the first month of the season. We're now in October and teams are going to try to distinguish themselves. Uh, do you have a team, either conference or even a couple of teams, uh, either conference uh, that is poised to distinguish themselves as we move through the month of October into November? Well, there's definitely been some surprises. There's some teams that we thought were going to be better than they are. We, um, I think most of us thought the Giants would be a little better. They've obviously struggled. I didn't think Jacksonville would be sitting here at 2-2 two and two at this point either. So those teams have struggled. Um, I think the teams that I would look up to and, and favor a little bit are Cleveland Browns. I think they're better than where I thought they would be. A team like the Houston Texans, better. C.J. Stroud has been, in my opinion, the best of these rookie quarterbacks, he's been outstanding. I think the next week, and, and I'm glad they moved the trade deadline back, Mike, because that's mm-hmm. always been a thorn in my side. It was week six forever, and now it's week eight. So now you really get to know your team, and teams can strengthen themselves over the next two or three weeks. So I like that idea. Um, I think we have a long ways to go, and you know how these are. These seasons are long. I always say we're about three weeks from a total mutiny in this league with any particular team. That's just the way it is. Right. So we're going to see more game management, more roster management over the next two or three weeks as we approach the trade deadline. Randy, we got about a minute left. The game of the weekend, obviously, Sunday night, Dallas at the undefeated 49ers. Our friend Femi is a diehard Cowboy fan, so I'd like you to settle this debate as a successful evaluator of talent. Simply, can the Dallas Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dakota Prescott at quarterback? I definitely think they can, especially if they keep playing like they are on defense. I, I get it. I think 
this is a good benchmark for them, but I don't think that they must win. I think a lot of people think if they can't beat the 49ers, they don't have a chance. Well, teams change, uh, teams evolve, injuries happen over the course uh, of a whole season. I think the one thing Dallas has done different to this point this year is the complimentary football that both sides of the ball are playing. I want to see Dallas though grind out a good, tough physical win in a close game. I haven't seen that yet. And I do think San Francisco can do that. So I understand that this is a big game. And like you mentioned, the game of the week so far, or the game of the year for that matter, I'll be interested to see how it shakes out. I, I think right now, San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. So it'll be a fun game to watch, but just be, just know this, if Dallas can't win, they're not out of it. Trust me. There we go. See, if they can't, if they can't win, we, we still have a chance. We, let's still play the rest of the games. Yeah. He is Randy Miller, former NFL executive, executive of the year in the year 2000. Check out his podcast over at the Athletic Football GM Pod. Randy, we appreciate the time. Be well. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Awesome stuff there from Randy Mueller. We'll turn our attention to college football slate on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare good sleep should come naturally and with the new natural hybrid mattress it can a collaboration between award-winning mattress brand lisa and home design favorite west elm the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies shared values premium materials meticulous craftsmanship and sustainable practices made with natural latex responsibly sourced natural wool and environmentally safe foams the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook, this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Sounds like a hell of a deal. Somebody should jump on that. This is the Lombardi line. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, 
Mike Pritchard here hanging out at the Circa Resort and Casino. We thank Randy Mueller, former NFL Executive of the Year, for joining us in the last segment. If you missed it, make sure you check it out in podcast form, The Lombardi Line. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Uh, also, before we get to college football, do you guys realize I think today is the drawing? For the uh, the Lombardi line, for the the the, the Visa Clash contest, okay, for the for the promos. Can you and explain all that stuff? how this lottery works? So it, <laughs> it's, it's going to work like the NBA lottery, and I think it was uh, follow the money had the most, right. so they will have the best chances to and go ahead and win. Were you second here? So Lombardi line was second, yeah. and I forgot who was third. Like yeah. I forget the rest of the order here, but uh, uh, second most uh, ping pong balls we will mm. have apparently okay. on this thousand uh, dollar voucher in a futures ticket on a uh, Super Bowl futures. So I think whatever show it is. That 80% of whatever, the if you hit the ticket, that 80% goes to the people that work behind the behind scenes. Behind the glass, right? Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, I think that everybody should agree to that. Totally. Right? I think it's totally. a fair deal. Right? Yep. Yep. I don't even see fist pumping back there. These guys are just like, <laughs> they, oh, whatever. And they're like, why did we just give up 20? Why did we, what happened? Well, some work on, some work on multiple shows yeah. too, though. So yeah. that's right? true. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. A little bit of overlap. <laughs> they got a lot of dogs in this lottery. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was in their position. Uh, but that will be at some point today, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'll check oh, my email okay. this afternoon to figure that out. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. I got some stuff maybe, I got to do. Got to run some errands for the weekend. <laughs> um, but let's get to college football because we do have like i said my second favorite rivalry in all of college sports red river is on saturday that is tomorrow coming up at the cotton bowl in dallas oklahoma versus texas the longhorns five point favorites the consensus number total is at 60 and a half and we've seen texas play a statement game they beat alabama in tuscaloosa we haven't really seen oklahoma get tested not sure what to expect from the sooners in this matchup how do you guys break this one down well, I'm debating playing this in humans contest, but then I saw in Bill Daly, Bill Eighty's daily email that humans anticipates five or six plays on this game, Texas and over. How did it go for everybody that was on LSU last week, like me? Yeah. Right. So I may I I don't like to get on too much consensus actually, um, but I lean Texas just because I don't think Oklahoma's played an explosive offense. Mm-hmm. I don't think Oklahoma's played anybody can run the ball the way Texas. T- so I think. Oklahoma is more of an unknown, although you know Venables was going to make this defense better, right? You see the fall off at Clemson. Mm -hmm. You knew, I mean, that's the reason why I don't think they're going to be able to maintain the elite level they were at. So I do lean Texas. And, you know, the over is actually not a bad play because with Gabriel, they can be explosive. They can score quick. Right. They can score quick. So those are my two leans. I don't know if I'll put some money in before it kicks or not. Yeah. And there's going to be wrinkles in this game. I mean, OU, I Mm -hmm. think we'll have more wrinkles than Texas. Um, The thing about Texas and and how I look at this game or approach a game would be um, this team is poised to, go to the playoff and, and win a national championship. That's what they're poised to do. Uh, they have the roster. They have the depth. Uh, they're executing. Uh, Sark's got this team going. Uh, and, uh, you know, to be upended by OU just throws them off. I mean, obviously, this game's been circled. This game's been uh, a focal point, too, uh, as well as Alabama, as well as everybody else. Uh, but, no, I think this team is looking at OU but beyond that. And so a rivalry situation, if Texas is ready to go, I lean towards Texas, too. I think uh, you, ha- you also do you think it factors into their head, either head coach Venerables or Sark. If you're going to get to the playoff, you're going to have to beat this team twice because mm-hmm. this is most likely mm-hmm. the rematch of the Big 12 championship sure. game. However far, how far, how far is the Cotton Bowl from Jerry World? Is yeah. it, I mean, you're it's just not, shifting the yep, scene. Dallas to Arlington. Right. You're yeah. shifting the scene a bit, but you're probably going to have to beat them twice. So I don't know if that factors into it or not. 
Um, but both teams have it in front of them, mm-hmm. right? It's all in yep. front of them. Both of them, they come into this game undefeated. A marquee game. As much as Dallas, San Francisco is in, in on Sunday night, this is on Saturday morning. Big weekend for <laughs> Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Big uh, weekend for the state. State uh-huh. Fair of Texas, then you get Dallas and the Niners Sunday night football. Hopefully it's a good one to cap it off. But yeah, I think from, from this game, I, I, no play for me, but I'll be definitely eyeing it as somebody who's invested into the Heisman market. Sad for our guy, Jaden Daniels, last week. Played oh. a hell of a game, man. If they pulled that out, he's right up there. We worked uh, so hard from down four. 14 to get the, the lead and the cover in the fourth quarter. That was, yeah, it was frustrating the amount of emotional effort I put into the game I, I, to lose it. You know what I mean? It was like, I was, um, watch, I was yeah. watching the final drive standing up. I was yeah, like, I, I, I was yeah. please, yeah, me, right. this is your Heisman moment. <laughs> right, right. And, and then that last play, it hit the kid in the yeah, hands. Mm. It was tough. But Jaden Daniels, hell of a performance. <laughs> Unfortunately, the LSU defense didn't want to show up. Um, but I digress. But from a Heisman standpoint, obviously, Quinn Ewers is among the favorites. Yeah. I believe around like 9-1, to 10-1. to Dylan Gabriel's creeping up as sort of a dark course in that 20 to 1 range so curious to see what happens from a Heisman market standpoint I think this is the biggest game for that market coming up tomorrow let's continue though to break down this college football slate Alabama we talked about them they're going to be over at College Station taking on Texas A&M and the Tide are a short road favorite two point favorites with a total of 46 this has been bet down from 50 at open Uh, are the Tide vulnerable coming up tomorrow and do they get their second loss of the season first in the SEC I don't think it can run the ball on Texas A&M. I've watched every snap. I went back and watched the tape of Auburn because uh, I was in, in California and lost Auburn, which that result is flattered by Auburn taking Georgia to the wire, right, and moving the ball on Georgia. And then I watched live the Arkansas game. This defensive front of Texas A&M is no joke. And the tackles for loss, they disrupt the drives with these tackles for loss and get you you know, off schedule. Right. Milrow's going to have to play a good game to win this. And everybody yeah. says, oh, it's so short. How can you not take Alabama? How can you not take Alabama here? I, I, I'm probably not going to play the game, but I've been impressed the last two weeks with AM. I think Johnson's son is smooth with the ball. Right. If you give him time to throw the ball, he's very accurate. Mm-hmm. By the way, how big is Brad Johnson? He's, t- he's traveling. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I guess he's, they, him and his boys are working out with Witten. Is that say, what right? it is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's unbelievable. He's, yeah. Is he Jack now? Bigger than my torso. His arms are. They kept showing him and his yeah. wife during the Arkansas. It was un- yeah. way bigger than what yeah, he ever played. Well, of course, yeah, yeah playing quarterback. quarterback yeah. yeah. No, his son well traveled, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, but it's a tough place to play, too. And I think yeah. the mystique of, of Bama is not traveling with them anymore. Uh, the landscape of college football, they're no longer getting the top players. It's, 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 everything's dispersed now. Uh, and so Saban's got. He's got work to do with this team. Uh, and I don't know if they're galvanized, if they're a good enough team to travel and put together a solid performance that way uh, against a team that I think uh, certainly with that atmosphere is going to be ready to go at home. I do, I do think, though, that when you look at what Mississippi did to LSU, and I mean, LSU has athletes on defense. Very I mean, good ones. They had no players on the whole side of the field on that one touchdown. But <laughs> They, only, they held Mississippi in the end zone only once, Mississippi getting to the end zone. And then you saw what Mississippi. Yeah. So I think the, maybe maybe the move to the total is the right play here. Maybe mm-hmm. this is a real mm-hmm. defensive football game, grinded out type of football game. And, you know, it, it's played in the 30s. I, I don't know. But uh, I think it'll it'll come down to the last play of the game. It'll yeah. be a field goal one way or the other. Yeah. And Bama's defense has been really good yeah. as well. Like, other than the Texas game, I know that game was giving them some issues. But yeah. Bama's defense has shown up so far this season. Their offense, eh, not, not, <laughs> not as much. Uh, speaking. Speaking of LSU, they're going to Elliott's 
our producer, his old stomping grounds, Como, Columbia, Missouri, is where the LSU Tigers will be taking on the Missouri Tigers. LSU right now, five and a half point favorites, total 64 and a half. I, I worry about the letdown for LSU to where it's like the CFP dreams are probably over. Can still win the conference, but the CFP national title dreams over, suffering a second loss before the month of October. But do you think that the Tigers can respond here, or is this Mizzou's coming out party against a big name team? Well, I mean, is, is Kelly still building this thing? Because I know there was lofty expectations on the LSU. I was curious about this program uh, because of those expectations. Now, having played in Columbia, uh, having played against Mizzou years ago, difference is different, right? Uh, but this is a team, and I talked about this, about, I don't know, they're probably a middle of the pack SEC team right now. But before, they were at the bottom. They were like in the basement, right? <laughs> but over time, they've worked their way up into, I guess, the middle of the pack of, I don't know, what, 20 teams. Uh, yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's going to be a spirited effort. Uh, and that's something that you can count on a lot of times. And to your point, Fem, uh, if LSU is going through any type of letdown, any type of lack of focus, they can get got in this game. So uh, this is a dangerous one. I, I wouldn't bet it. I mean, if I did, I'd lean towards uh, Mizzou, though. If you were Missouri, would you rather LSU had won that game at Mississippi or lost that game at Mississippi? I mean, if, I, I, if you're better, I'm going to say if yeah. you're LSU, but if you're better, how, how do you analyze that? Well, truly, if, if my playoff hopes are gone, yeah. then it's going to be tough uh, to get these kids motivated for whatever you talk about a conference. Is that it? Uh, is it motivation to play Mizzou on the road? I don't know. I mean, they played Florida state. They played all these big games already. And, uh, and they're looking on, they're out on the outside looking in. They can't wait for expansion at this point. Uh, if you're LSU. Um, but I, I, that, that's just a tough situation for a bunch of kids to get rallied up. That's a tough travel trip too, to get to Mizzou. Uh, so, <laughs> They got grass now, though. <laughs> no sand on the yeah. turf. Still sends JC Lauderback a Christmas card every year. Let me, let me tell you. <laughs> we'll talk yeah. more college football in hour number two, but we'll get to the NFL line moves as we begin our journey on the DraftKings Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com.com slash compatibility.